0: A financial plan requires planning. It's savings, RRSPs, investments, and planning for the unexpected. TD Term Life Insurance can help protect your family's financial future if you were to unexpectedly pass away. You can apply for TD Term Life Insurance online or over the phone by speaking to a licensed advisor. If you're under the age of 55, you could be approved for up to $500,000 of coverage without a medical exam. Conditions apply. TD Term Life Insurance is underwritten by TD Life Insurance Company. Visit tdinsurance.com term life to learn more. The light is at the end of the long COVID-19 tunnel. That's at least the message Canadians are getting from many provincial premier who in recent weeks have released reopening plans as we sit on the cusp of summer. But it's not a one-size-fits-all approach. I'm Dave Breckenridge and this is 10-3. National Post reporter Tyler Dawson joins me to discuss what's behind the differing approaches, why we're getting these plans now, and when we could expect to see some semblance of normalcy in Canada. Don't forget you can find us on Spotify, Apple, Google, all your favorite podcast platforms. I'd love it if you could leave us a rating, a review, and tell your friends about us. So Tyler, slowly but surely, Canadian provinces are rolling out their reopening plans, and even if we haven't fully escaped the third wave of the pandemic, premiers are basically saying, okay, we're ready to take those steps. What is the impetus for doing it now, even if we are still kind of in the third wave? I think there's a
1: couple pretty solid reasons why they've decided to do it. I mean, I think the first is that they've needed to provide someone with a light at the end of the tunnel a little bit in order to convince them to keep following the guidelines for as long as is necessary. And, you know, I think the other part of it is they're looking at the vaccination rates and things like that, and just really hoping that everything is going to come together. I think the main thing probably though is, is, you know, summer is around the corner. People are going to be doing things and wanting to be doing things. And so they had to do something, I think. I I don't know if people were going to stand for another round of lockdowns or another summer where they couldn't. um, Mm -hmm. Well, I guess we got to do things last summer, at least in Alberta. So the good weather's coming. People have been cooped up. There's got to be an outlet here. And I think it was probably that realization mainly that has led to these plans.
0: We assume that provincial leaders in some way are kind of banking on the notion that even if they allow some indoor gathering in the summer or things like that, that people are more likely to be spending time outside because we've been cooped up all winter and probably at lower risk because we're outside.
1: Yeah, for sure. And I think you can see that in provinces that have decided they're going to open up restaurant patios prior to opening up indoor dining. It's an acknowledgement, I think, of the lack of risk, the lower level of risk to being outside. Compared to being indoors, and the other thing you can look at, I think, is what will be the lifting of outdoor gathering restrictions. So you, can, you know, you can have ten people in your backyard instead of five, or just your household or your close contacts. Just sort of, it it encourages, I think, people to get together outside, and is an acknowledgement of the science that really does suggest that it's a lot less risky to be gathering outdoors than indoors.
0: Now, we're seeing these reopening plans that are generally based on what percentage of the population have been vaccinated, either with one dose or two, but we're seeing different percentages and different timelines. Why are some provinces moving more quickly than others and which provinces are moving more quickly compared to others?
1: Probably the fastest has got to be Saskatchewan, mainly because they never really fully closed except for a few like in Regina, for example, they closed indoor dining and things like that but it but it's been open in the rest of the province, so really Saskatchewan I think uh takes the cake for being the fastest now Alberta is also moving quite quickly, but it's moving actually like relatively in step with British Columbia. It's just that British Columbia has a fourth step mm-hmm. so sort of similar rates of reopening there. Ontario taking a bit of a slower approach. And as you say, per the vaccinations, there are jurisdictions that are looking at one dose only, Alberta being the big one. The rationale there is that you get, you know, X percentage of protection with one dose and you also have some other factors going into it. Premier Jason Kenney explained the other day, you have about 14% of the population the government figures who had COVID-19 and who have some natural immunity. So they're sort of stacking those numbers together to get to a little bit higher level of protection. Now Ontario is doing a two dose. They have, you know, 70% say of people who've had one dose, and then they have a percentage of people who have had their second dose as sort of the, the benchmarks they need to clear to move between steps. So obviously, um, Two doses better than one, obviously provinces making a little bit different decisions about that. And I think probably in large part you can look at some of the issues that have plagued these jurisdictions over the last year, you know, whether that's the risk to hospital capacity in Ontario being different than it is in Alberta, mm-hmm. the overall outbreaks being worse in some places versus others, and then just, you know, the simple political calculations that are going on in premier's offices around the country about getting the economy running again, getting people back to work and things like that.
0: A lot of it, I imagine, has to do with political considerations. It is interesting when you note that Alberta and BC have similar plans, considering they have two very different political stripes of leader. You have an NDP premier in BC and a conservative premier in Alberta, but how much of this is based on politics? How much is based on the science and concern for the health system? And how much of it is based on looking at what other jurisdictions are doing of places like the UK and Israel or states to the south of us? Do you get a sense that all of these different things factor in together?
1: Yeah, for sure, the consideration of what's happened around the world has been taken into account, at least in Alberta. You know, they've looked at what the United Kingdom has done, they've looked at what Israel has done, and they're and sort of basing some of their decision making off of the science and the data that's emerged from those places. So definitely a political calculation. I think you can probably look at Ontario with a slightly slower pace of reopening and look at how difficult of a time Doug Ford has had, how much backlash his decisions have brought him in that province. And so for him, the political consideration is probably a little bit different than in, in Alberta, where there's been a not inconsequential backlash against having any restrictions. And you have people you know, who wanted these things dropped months and months ago. Mm-hmm. So it's, I think when you look at some of the differences in political circumstances on the ground, that does go some way to explaining why you see differences in between provinces that are, you know, are otherwise ideologically similar in some ways. And then why you would see similar approaches, say, between Alberta and British Columbia, when you have premiers who are of two very different parties. So I do think, as you say, that a lot of this is political at the end of the day. That doesn't mean it isn't based on the science necessarily. But I think without a doubt, it's, it's been a balance between the two throughout the pandemic. And we see that now as well as we have at other moments in time.
0: Even though these plans are all varied depending on what province you're looking at, they all are, you know, basically the same as taking these steps to get things kind of back to normal. Are we hearing concerns about the plans that are similar from province to province, basically saying, you know, it's too quick or we need to get more people vaccinated than the plan suggests that we could see an increase in hospitalizations or we could end up in a Manitoba-type situation where our hospitals are overwhelmed again? Like, what are the naysayers saying about these?
1: That's probably the gist of it, yeah. I mean, Rachel Notley, former Premier of Alberta and current opposition leader, was fairly direct in her criticism of the reopening plan, saying that it is moving too fast. And and she said, to her, it looks like they picked a reopening date of the start of the Calgary Stampede and then, you know, worked backwards from that. So that's sort of the gist of the criticism, you know, across the country, really that this does put the country at a risk of a fourth wave. I'm no epidemiologist, so I don't know whether or not that's true. But Kenny did sort of, he was like, yeah, there, there is a risk to this. There is a risk in all of this decision making. And it has to be sort of weighed against the continued economic damage and and things like that when when making decisions. So there are no doubt criticisms that, you know, the thresholds should be higher, that restrictions should persist until vaccination rates are higher and things like that. And you see that pretty much everywhere. I think everyone's probably just kind of hoping that the critics aren't going to end up being right about it.
0: Are we getting any indication, you know, what the premier's plans are in any of these provinces if things don't go as planned? I believe in Alberta, Dr. Dina Hinshaw, the chief medical officer of health on Thursday was talking about potential regional restrictions. Is that something other provinces might look at as well? Or what do they do if this all goes pear-shaped?
1: Yeah, most of the announcements have sort of said they're going to continue to monitor things like hospital capacity the number of people in hospital in alberta for example at the moment is like 550 people give or take which is a lot of people mm-hmm. the difference of course between now and other waves is that the people most at risk of serious illness and death the elderly population they are mostly vaccinated at this point so you know they're obviously going to keep an eye on these things and restrictions will have to come back if things get out of control. But I think the calculation is basically based on the fact that the chances of you know us having waves of deaths like we did in previous times over the past year is simply much lower because of the number of people who are at risk who have already been vaccinated. Everyone's going to be keeping an eye on these things. And I think it is possible we'll see regional restrictions. I think it's possible we'll see regional campaigns to improve vaccine uptake in some communities where it's especially low. You have to think that the political appetite for another round of sort of province-wide public health restrictions is just really, really low.
0: Now, obviously, the provinces can set their own timelines. They have control over, you know, the public health system in their individual jurisdictions, all of that. But what about the feds? What do they have control over what was Justin Trudeau hoping in terms of when Canada may get back to normal and when could the feds lift their own restrictions?
1: The big thing that the feds have control over is the borders and international travel and the quarantine restrictions that exist. So Trudeau is sort of, he came out a couple of weeks ago and said it's sort of a one dose summer and a two dose fall I think probably signals that he's anticipating a return to normal sometime in the fall. Mm-hmm. So, you know, even if things are back to normal in Alberta and British Columbia, some of these things, the ability to travel internationally, the need to quarantine upon return from international travel, these are really the big things that are in the federal government's wheelhouse. And I think it's pretty clear that that's not going to happen this summer.
0: Ultimately, barring some horrific vaccine-resistant strain, Coming in and laying waste to the provinces that are starting to reopen, we probably won't see Canada fully, quote-unquote, back to normal until September or later, correct?
1: That seems about right. You know, even in British Columbia, where the pace is relatively similar to Alberta... With sort of their stage three starting July 1st, which is around the time that Alberta plans on starting its stage three. Well, BC has a stage four, which is when things like mask wearing become, you know, a voluntary decision, which seems to be coming earlier in Alberta. So, you know, if you take a step back and look at the whole country, I mean, it, it does certainly seem like September is going to be the time when things are getting back to normal. And then, of course, the other question that sort of arises from that is whether or not this return to normal is actually going to be all that normal. You know, people have been inside for a year and a half. And there's news reports coming out now about people who are, you know, anxious about going out again and socializing again, and things like that. So you know, even if we're back to normal on paper, I think it's going to be some time even after that before things start to sort of feel normal
0: again. Looking at things locally, in Alberta, you have these provincial restrictions, but you also have these local authorities and cities. And do we get a sense that for places where there is an element of local control that they're going to go along with what the province wants to do?
1: I think probably in Broad strokes, yes. I mean, I think it's probably reasonable to expect that some of the big cities will continue with things like mask restrictions on public transit, for example. But, you you know, you're certainly not going to see that in, in areas where there has been, you know, more resistance to public health measures to begin with, or where there aren't things like public transit that are, you know, more directly under the control of municipalities. So, you know, I think probably things will sort of broadly be back to normal. And there'll be, you know, a few pockets where some of these things persist, especially, I think, if if you do start to see some spikes in cases again. I mean, I I don't think it's unreasonable to anticipate that Calgary, for example, is going to see a little bit of a spike in COVID-19 cases after the Stampede, or that Edmonton won't see a little spike after K-Days. So yeah, I I think we will see some of these things continue locally, even if they're a little bit out of step with what the province is doing. I think that's probably a a, a prudent and reasonable step that people um, in cities in particular aren't going to be too, too fussed about.
0: So even despite there's kind of like these big overarching plans, we could still see a patchwork across the country of various measures throughout the summer and into the fall?
1: Yeah, though, you know, I don't think they're going to be as stark as perhaps they might be. I mean, I I can anticipate municipal masking guidelines continuing. But you know, it it seems like that's really about it sort of within a province. But of course, yeah, if if you look at what Alberta is going to look like versus, you know, potentially what the Maritimes look like, or what Ontario looks like, I certainly do think I mean, you mentioned indoor dining, for example, that's one that varies a considerable amount across the country. So there are going to be some pretty notable differences between jurisdictions.
0: I guess we'll see how things go over the summer once things open up a little bit more and hopefully for everyone's sake we manage to get through the summer unscathed Tyler, thanks for your time Always a pleasure 10-3 is produced by Sean Knox Theme music by Bryce Hall Thanks to my guest Tyler Dawson More from him at nationalpost.com I'm Dave Breckenridge Thanks for listening